The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Well, good evening. Everyone, this is actually not Vena Jones-Cox. This is Jim Shapiro. My friend Vina is somewhere in the Caribbean, as I understand it, teaching real estate on a real estate investment cruise. Yes, there are cruises. You get to go, spend the day. Your, your days at sea are in educational workshops. Then you get to your destinations. You go tourist and enjoy your time. It's a wonderful business expense. Uh, qualified right off. It's a lot of education, a lot of networking. And so Vina is uh, somewhere in a much warmer climate. So good for, and I'm filling in for today, and I have a special guest today. Uh, my guest is Jim Wood. And Jim is the, let's see if I've got this right, he's, he's the director, he's a professor at Cincinnati yep. State. Yep. And you are the director of? Actually the program chair for the uh, business management program and the marketing management program and the business financial services uh, program. Um, I used to be the head of the real estate program, but when we had some staff shifts, Peggy Harrier went back and assumed those responsibilities. But I'm still teaching real estate mm -hmm. investing classes. Okay. I know I've spoken to a lot of people who have been students in your classes, and they always have lots of positive things to say. That's I've, good. I'm, I'm recruiting for someone right now, and I've had a couple applicants who have been your students. Good. So I know part of what you're teaching about is entrepreneurialism. Mm-hmm. And real estate investors, by definition, are entrepreneurs. We're starting our own small businesses. We're investing in, in, in real estate, whatever, whether it's buying, selling, fixing, financing, note buying. There's, a, there's dozens of ways to, to be involved in real estate. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? <clears throat> an entrepreneur is, is somebody who essentially comes up with a, an idea, typically to solve a problem. They take and they put together the business strategies, the uh, the money, the people, you know, kind of assimilate all that uh, on that risk and try and come up with a viable and a profitable business as a result of it. Now, there's actually kind of two different ways to look at the whole entrepreneurship thing. What you've got is you've got some folks that um, will typically be in a business that they really like and will then decide they want to kind of go out on their own. So, for example, they may be working for an accounting firm, and, and one day they decide to start their own accounting firm, and we call those people propreneurs. Um, entrepreneurs are a little more flexible. Entrepreneurs are those kind of folks who, frankly, would be comfortable with, with a lot of different businesses. In fact, many of the people that, that I know will have, for example, a nuclear instrumentation plant, a, they'll own a radio station, they'll own uh, a restaurant, they'll own a uh, oil uh, or gas transmission company, and they'll take and, and uh, 
you know, pick up four, five, six businesses, and and they'll have expertise in, in none of them maybe, and they'll just hire experts, you know, to take and do that. So, you know, that's kind of the you know the difference between propreneur and entrepreneur. Oh, I've never heard that distinction before. Well, I know when people want to learn about real estate, one of the ways we do it is we come to the Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, how does one, so that's a way to learn about real estate. We can come to your classes at Cincinnati State. What about learning about how to be an entrepreneur? Where does that come in? Uh, there's, there's, it's one of those things where when I, when I look at becoming an entrepreneur, a lot of people make the mistake of just deciding one day I'm fed up with my job or I've got a great idea. And they kind of go out there and launch it without any formal planning or, or training or anything like that. And the results are usually disastrous. Um, so, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, going about getting an education, you want to take a look at you know, how do I sell? How do I market? How do I figure out what the customers need? What's the competition out there currently in the marketplace? Um, Obviously, you need to take an, you know, somewhat of a background and with a little bit of accounting knowledge, um, although you'll probably have an accountant you know, do that kind of professional work for you. Um, but essentially, what, what are you going to do that will allow you to take and drive customers to your door and get business coming you know, quickly and easily you know, to your establishment? All right. How does getting educated at RIA differ from taking courses at your Cincinnati State program on, on these topics? Sure. RIA does an out, outstanding job of providing all kinds of training for, for uh, the folks that are members there. And, they, and it's a great conference that, that we have every year um, you know, at the annual conference. It, what happens is with typically the RIA training you have is very um, in-depth and it's very concentrated. And so you'll, you'll go and you'll meet at a hotel, for example, and you'll pick up some training you know, for... Uh, you know, eight to 16 hours, you know, pretty much all day. Um, you know, the other kind of training we provide at Cincinnati State is training that you typically pick up in much smaller bites. It's your typical standard um, classroom experience, you know, where you um, are still gonna pick up a lot of those skills, but it's just the time is stretched out longer. And in a lot of cases, what'll happen is sometimes we'll also, we'll also have people that will say, I'd really like to pick up this training but I'd also like to get college credit for it. And in a lot of cases, that'll lead to some credential, either you know a degree or certificate along those lines. But I mean, it's you know, co college is a, is a great way to pick up those things as long as you take a look at, is this rigorous and is it relevant to me starting a business? And at Cincinnati State, we kind of pride ourselves in that whole, it's relevant. Uh, kind of my philosophy is, at any time, students should be able to raise their hand and say, hey, Mr. Wood, a question for you. Where will I ever use what you're teaching me today within a year after I graduate? And in my opinion, you know, if I can't give them a great answer, I'm kind of wasting their time and wasting their money. Yeah, I remember asking that question a lot when I was going through <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my, everybody my years of college, especially undergrad. Yep. <laughs> and I valued my undergrad degree, but I also sometimes said, God, this is, this is not really going to get me somewhere. Sure. And I, actually, I think that we're going to see more of a shift of education to being more uh, more useful. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Because yep. the whole, God bless liberal arts education, and I was mm -hmm. a philosophy major, mm -hmm. taught me some great skills. Uh, 
but when I f finished college, you know, it didn't really give me a uh, clear set of skills to use in a career. Sure. Well, I could re I could read, write, and think, mm -hmm. and, th and that was actually and that whole thinking thing became very profitable. That for became you. very profitable for <laughs> me. Uh, is there a mindset that a successful entrepreneur brings to a business? Is it you know? Is, is there an entrepreneurial approach to things? Uh, for for the most part, I mean, I, the whole mindset is um, that people have is it's going to make them successful is whether they have passion for the business or not. Um, one of the last things that you uh, want to have people do is go into businesses you know they're not suited for. And in a lot of cases, people kind of you know they hear that the, the get rich you know siren you know of you know come do this and you can get rich immediately and while there's no real love or passion for the business they're just doing it for the money in a lot of cases sometimes that doesn't work out particularly well but if they take and they um they really love the business you know they'll tend to they'll tend to do real well the other mindset is a transition that everybody goes through is a move from the having a weekly paycheck mindset to the actual profit mindset where you know that every single day all the activities you focus on all the tasks that you focus on need to lead to cash coming into the into the cash register at the end of the day and that's really tough because in, in entrepreneurship you may not get paid every other week as you well know right you may not get paid for a month you know it becomes aware at this point in the month does, does the cash come in and exceed the expenses going out and we've all had that experience before. So that's one of them. The, the other thing is um, that I look at is if you're going to be successful in a lot of small businesses, I mean, you really do have to kind of love people and all their weirdness. <laughs> I mean, we're, we all have our little you know, idiosyncrasies, you know. But I'm a property manager. Yep. I have lots you of have people lots and all the weirdnesses <laughs> I work with. Yep, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, well, we've got to take a break. Before we take this break, let me just uh, – I didn't give out some information. Uh, people have called, uh, would like to call in or send questions. You can call us at uh, inside the Cincinnati area at 513-772-9658 or toll-free 1-877-772-9658. Or you can go to askvena.com and input your questions, and they'll come into my computer here, and I can respond to them. Uh, lastly, I'll mention that we're sponsored by the Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, I'm past president right now, and uh, and Jim Wood was on the board with us for a while till his job change kind of mm -hmm. took a lot of his time away. So we'll talk a little more about Rhea in a moment. Uh, so right now we've got a quick break. Hi, and welcome back. This is Jim Shapiro filling in for Vena Jones-Cox. I'm here today with Jim Wood from uh, Real Estate Entrepreneur, real estate investor, and uh, professor and director of program at Cincinnati State. Uh, when Jim served with me on the board of Real Estate Investor Association, uh, let me give a little plug for that. The RIA is a local organization. Uh, we meet the first and third Thursdays of the month at the Community Action Agency in Bond Hill. Uh, the upcoming meeting uh, on the first, I think it's February 2nd. Uh, there's a first session on the benefits and, and how to get the most out of your RIA membership. And the second se session is on uh, landlording. There's a maximizing cash flow. Many of us that get into this business end up, whether we intended to or not, being landlords. And we're going to talk about that. And that's followed up on Saturday, February 11th, by a full-day workshop on, on landlording, 
Uh, there'll be a panel of experts, and our attendees will uh, have a chance to get a lot of education on all sorts of topics relating to owning your rental properties and uh, be able to pick the brains of, I think there's six different folks uh, who will be speaking that day. I'll be one of them, talking about uh, ongoing issues when you've got a property, maintaining it, uh, getting work done, and, and dealing with uh, dealing with tenant problems. <laughs> so uh, one of your comments just now, Jim, was uh, one of the things that you learn when you become an entrepreneur, and real estate in particular, uh, it's not like a job. You don't always have a paycheck coming in every two weeks. If you buy a house and you're going to renovate it and resell it, that could be four to six to eight months before that big paycheck comes in. And so you've got to have a, a plan for how you're going to have cash flow. Or, you know, lots of people have, you know, day jobs and invest in real estate on the side, uh, which is a great way to get started. Uh, it's it's not, you know, buying a house is not a way to create a, a uh, an income stream. Mm-hmm. You've got to have more than one rental. You've got to have more than one thing going on. We talk about multiple streams of income often, mm-hmm. which is kind of an entrepreneurial concept. What are the what are the things you would say to someone who's getting into this? How do they need to adjust their thoughts as far as being an entrepreneur? Or what are the characteristics of a successful entrepreneur? Um, <clears throat> I'd have to say that, that uh, one of the things you want to look at when you're first getting into this real estate investing or, or any business is to look at it initially is like you said to pro- think about going part-time you'll keep your day job you'll get involved in in learning about the business and getting started in the business and and by all means figure out whether or not this is really something you want to do you, one of the things that i have happened at, since i stayed in the entrepreneurship classes you know you have a student say well i really i really want to take and start a laundromat and you go, so why do you want to do a laundromat? They will, well, it's all this cash money that I get, and I never have to be there, and I might not report all of it to the government and all those kind of goofy things that, you know, things that students say sometimes. And, and so what you do is you say, okay, here's what you're going to do. This weekend you're going to spend all day Saturday and all day Sunday at the laundromat, and you're going to intensely get to know laundromat behavior. Well, they'll come back to class on Tuesday night after having that weekend experience, and all of a sudden now, the last thing they want to do is own a laundromat. I spent all weekend in there. You know, the people, you know, spilled soap on the floor, didn't clean it up. People threw greasy rags in the in the washers. Um, you know, the kids were running wild. And and so all I can tell you is, is, is go learn as much as you can about the business, whether it's real estate or another type of business, before you go and you get into it. And in a lot of cases, if you go outside the, outside the service area that you're going to service, and you go to Louisville, and you go to Lexington and Indianapolis, and you meet with other business owners that are in the same business you want to be in, a lot of times when they see that you're not a direct competitor, they'll share everything with you that you'd ever want to know in terms of, in terms of that. Um, you know, what, what the other, what other things you have to do when you're looking to start a business is to understand the fears that you're going to have, normal You've heard the nightmare stories of, you know, from your parents about, well, you know, you don't want to start a business because you're going to fail. Well, the reality is that about, you know, according to the government statistics, about 8 out of 10 businesses fail. Uh, so when you look at that, you have to sit there and think to yourself, well, okay, so it's kind of like playing the odds. So if you want to be absolutely sure you're likely to su- succeed in a business, know that you're going to have to s- try nine times. 
Now, some people luck out and hit it on business number one. And there's a poor person like Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, Colonel Sanders, who hit it on probably business 15 or 18. I'm not sure which one, but he was one of those guys who failed a lot before he finally made it. So you're going to have to take and deal with the whole failure thing. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty much, you know, the, the biggest things you have to overcome from a mindset perspective when you're first getting started. Well, are we talking about a real risk uh, approach? Is, is this a big, you have to be a big risk taker to get into this? Or no, the, 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 is that a myth? The, it's a myth. I mean, the, 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 there's, there's some different myths out there. And, and one of the myths is that entrepreneurs are big risk takers. The reality is is they take educated risks. I mean, if you ranked them on the scale, they'd be considered a moderate risk taker. Um, because by the time they've really done the research on launching the business and they've really done the planning necessary and they've got enough capital behind them, the likelihood is they're going to do just fine. Um, another risk that you'll sometimes hear is, or a myth that you'll hear is that I'm not a born entrepreneur. And the reality is that no one's born an entrepreneur. If your parents happen to be entrepreneurs, then if you're going to go start a business, it's a little bit easier to make that transition because you've been part of that family for your whole life and you've seen what happens and you've lived the life of an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you've got other myths about age and, and about you know, I'm too old to be an entrepreneur and those kind of things. But, you know, being an entrepreneur, if done properly, um, you can really mitigate those risks and it's not too big of a problem to go launch a new enterprise. All right. Uh, I would actually say from my experience as a business background and uh, a few different businesses, this is – well, there's always some risk. There's some mm -hmm. risk in doing everything. Sure. If you plan things right and you manage right and you do your research and you do your due diligence, it it shouldn't be you know a huge risk. This is investing. It's mm -hmm. not you know we're not engaging in high risk business behaviors. We're not mm -hmm. bringing all our money to the casino and hoping we get you know the right number on the roulette wheel. Right. We're doing our homework. We're we're learning our market. We're getting educated. Uh, I often say to people, uh, you can either get educated. Uh, by going to classes, by going to the Real Estate Investor Association meetings, by going to our workshops, by going to mm -hmm. Cincinnati State. Or you can get educated by the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, the School of Hard Knocks will end up being a lot more expensive. Always is. That, that house you bought because, oh, I'll make it work no matter what, and ended up not working, and lots of time and lots of money and lots of heartache and sweat and tears and family frustrations. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cheaper to get educated uh, you're you're going to get educated one way or the other. <laughs> one way you can uh, plan it and pay for it, and uh, hopefully that's a better result. Uh, before I go on to the next question, let me just remind everyone, if you have questions or you want to ask them, please call us at 513-772-9658 or outside the Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658, or go to the askbina.com website and input your questions there. I'm looking. I haven't had any come in yet. But uh, maybe we'll get some good ones coming in. Uh, you, know, you mentioned something about age. Is there a, a prime age to start a business or beginning investing in real estate? And no. It's, when you look at uh, early entrepreneurial activity when people get started, I mean, typically it's somewhere around 25 to 34 years old for a lot of folks. And like I tell my classes at Cincinnati State, I, I want you to graduate and I want you to go out and work for another company. I want you to get at least three to five years experience 
and learn on their nickel. And somewhere in that three to five year range, if it's, you know, you may wake up one day with this kind of healthy dissatisfaction in your gut when you're thinking, you know, I can probably do this better than these jerks are doing it. And we've all worked in those companies where we're at there's You come to that point where you go, I know I can do it better than these guys are doing it. So, I mean, typically you're going to see a lot of people in that 25 to 34-year-old time span. And then when you get to the, you know, the other end, you're going to take and see some people enter into entrepreneurship around 45 to 55. Uh-huh. In a lot of cases, it's because they've been able to save a lot of money to take and engage in a little bit more high, more, more expensive enterprises to launch. But what's fascinating in today's world is the youth market. Um, when they actually go out and, uh, and survey the young people, uh, there's tremendous growth. There's seven out of ten high school students today say they want to be uh, business owners. Really? And, and when you look at when you break it down even more, you've got six out of ten females, seven out of ten Hispanics, eight out of ten African American high school students are interested in starting their own business someday. Wow, that's exciting. Yep, that's pretty. I know. I was at the corporate world for 20 years, and for the first part of that, I had no interest in starting my own business. And then after going through some situations and uh, you know it became I had to move here to keep my job then and I had to move here to keep my job then I decided I was tired of the, my employer telling me where I had to live and I took a layoff <laughs> and uh, and then I started my own business so for it was around age 40 that I said mm-hmm. I'm ready to do something different and, and take some take some new experiences and uh, it's been an interesting ride for the last oh, 10 yeah. years yep uh, we've got a caller from uh, Cincinnati, Jerome. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, thank you. Uh, my question is: I heard your example of the person wanting to start the laundromat, and you were, your advice to them was to go um, to the laundromat for the weekend. My question is: you know, I've been interested in wholesaling um, primarily because of initially. Um, how the money works in wholesaling, how you're able to get paid within 30, 45 days or whatever throughout the deal. How would you, what would your advice be to someone trying to find out if the wholesale real estate market niche is something for them? That's a great question, Jerome. Thank you. You want to comment on that, Jim? Sure, Jerome. Um, I mean, my advice to my real estate students in the real estate investing classes at Cincinnati State is that's the first skill you want to learn is how, how, do you, how do you get a house under contract and then go out and find uh, a person, either a landlord or, or a, a, an end user, um, you know, a builder who wants to take in and, uh, you know, buy it from you and, and fix it up and, and sell it. Um, so it's, it's the easiest one to get started with. Um, it requires relatively, I'm not going to say it doesn't require any money, but it's a you know, modest amount of money you have to have to kind of get started. Um, so it's, 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 it's an easy one to take a look at for your, for your first kind of real estate transactions. And I think one of the ways you can get exposed to more about that, like Jim said, go to the laundromat and sit for the weekend, come to the Real Estate Investor Association, talk to some other wholesalers. There's people there every week, mm-hmm. every meeting, who've got houses under contract that they're looking to sell. They've got flyers in the back to set up a buyer's list uh, and talk to them. Uh, if you're really at a starting point and you're not sure how to proceed, 
You know, sometimes people will say, well, come along, ride along with me mm-hmm. for a couple of days. We'll go look at some houses together. Right. Uh, you know, networking and, and talking to people that are actually doing it, because unlike the laundromat, there's no place you can go sit and watch what mm-hmm. happens in the wholesale business, unless you find a wholesaler who says, you know, work for me for two days and I'll you can see what I do, or you know, something along those lines as a way right. to uh, to get exposed to it. Uh you know, and then there, we do usually have at least once a year we'll have a workshop on wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you very much, Jerome. Appreciate your question. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, break. Okay, we're we're up for another quick break here. So, uh, Jim, we'll be back in a minute. I want to ask you a little bit about the uh, uh, the Cincinnati State's entrepreneur how they how they uh, nurture entrepreneurialism. Uh, but first, let's uh, take a quick break. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. This is Jim Shapiro sitting in for Vena Jones-Cox. My guest today, Jim Wood from Cincinnati State, talking about entrepreneurialism and real estate investing. Uh, at Cincinnati State, what do you do to, to nurture that entrepreneurial spirit in your students? It, you know, part of it depends upon the class, Jim. Um, but in a lot of classes, you know, the marketing classes and some of the management classes, and then obviously the classes would fall within the the entrepreneurship certificate program. Um, we a lot of the examples that I pull are from very very small businesses or former students that have started businesses, um, and, and we and we talk about you know the the, the choice between you know, where do you want to end up in life? You know, rich, poor, middle class. And just off of that discussion, they start to say, well, h- how do you become wealthy in America? And, and they kind of come to the realization you know, in the discussions that it's typically not by working for somebody else. Is that if you want to take an end up wealthy in America, you're probably going to have to own your own business, no matter what it is. In some businesses, you will grow bigger than others. In some, you can add additional locations and eventually get into franchising and those kind of things. But you know, we, we kind of do that whole discovery process of you know, where do you want to be and, and where do you want to end up? And if you had the choice of maybe getting out of the rat race earlier, um, maybe retiring 40, 45 years old, you know, if you're 20, um, how doable that could potentially do through cell phone businesses. And that's probably one of the leading things we do you know, is to kind of awaken them to the fact that while your parents want you to have a nice, safe, secure job with benefits, as we all do, the reality is there's another world out there that's n- not such a safe, secure job with benefits. In fact, I'm not sure there is such a thing anymore, a safe, secure job with benefits in today's well, world. that's really true. <laughs> so in uh, a lot of cases, it makes sense to, to, to look at starting your own business. One of the things that struck me as I got involved with the Real Estate Investor Association was how many of the folks I was dealing with had come out of the corporate world, mm-hmm. had taken layoffs from big companies. I was with the Unisys Corporation. One of my friends was with Oracle. Uh, you know, these aren't little little businesses. These are, are uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 100, multi-billion dollar companies. And, you know, quality people are finding themselves looking for jobs over and over and over. Uh, so, yeah, the... Uh, that old uh, canard about find a good, safe job and work it, you know, safe for retirement. 
especially in this economy, we're seeing where that's left a lot of people. So Sure, and a lot of people that are in their 50s, when they get downsized, it's a little tougher for them to go back and find employment in a conventional job. So a lot of them are saying, you know, this is my first time, or it might be my third time laid off, but I, I'm finished working in corporate America. I'm going to start my own business. Yep. That's, uh, I've, I've met an awful lot of those folks in the, in the business. And, uh, and the, you know, and typically they bring a lot of business background, a lot of skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you know business stuff, you can learn real estate. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever other business you choose to go into. Uh, the, the 20 years of corporate experience I have has proven immensely valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, had I started buying houses when I was in my 20s and not in my 40s, and not at the beginning of what became the, the biggest recession since the Great Depression, uh, I'd have probably been better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, if I'd been buying houses then like I did when I got into this, they'd be you know largely not paid off, but they'd be a lot closer. Sure. Some of them I'd have owned for 30 years, and even just with conventional 30-year mortgages, they'd have been paid off by now. Yeah. Oh, well, live and learn. Uh you know, there's a formal entrepreneurial program at Cincinnati State. What kind of classes do students take in a program like that? Um, they're, they're typically going to pick up a, a class in uh, financial accounting. Uh, they're going to take a class in entrepreneurship. And in, that, in the entrepreneurship class, we're going to help them figure out um, what kind of business best, best suits them. You know, what, what's the best fit? And the other thing we hope, hope to have them accomplish while they're in that class is to figure out if this is going to be a profitable business or not. And either way, we look at it as a win. If it turns out through their research and discovery, it's not going to be un, it's not going to be profitable. No big deal. You just pick another business. And if it is, you know, we look to save you a lot of money just on mistakes you would have made um, in the launch. The one that ties in after that is a class called entrepreneurial marketing. And what they do in that class is they actually design their marketing materials that they're going to take and use within the first six months of launching their business. They're going to try and figure out what those prices are going to be. And then we bring together in the third class in the series, the class down there that we have called um, Business and Implementation Planning, where they actually take the data they got in entrepreneurship, the information they picked up in entrepreneurial marketing, and combine that with what they, what they pick up in Business and Implementation Planning, and they'll take and create their business plan and loan package as the culminating pro, pro, you know, uh, projects at the end of that class. They're also going to take a class called Customer Service Systems, where we actually teach them how to drive customer service through all the different systems within their business. Uh, the project at the end of that class is they've written a 25 to 35 page uh, employee training manual on customer service. They'll also take uh, classes in sales, a class in introduction to computers. They're going to learn how to use Excel. And another one of the really valuable classes they have is a class in, uh, in QuickBooks where they actually take and set up their chart of accounts um, in that oh, class. So for the most part, once they work their way through a series of about eight classes, they're ready to go launch. That's great. Uh, we've got a caller, Robert from Detroit. Let's uh, see what Robert has got a question about. Hello, Mr. Woods and uh, Mr. Shapiro. How are you guys today? Good, good thank you. Good, good. Hey, listen. This is certainly not a class, but uh, how, how do you handle two areas? Number one, your own uh, mental aspect of uh, you start to do something, you're all excited about it, 
let's say you attend a seminar, you, you attend an introductory class, and then when you get home and you get back in, into your, your rut, all of a sudden these voices start to talk to you about <laughs> how do you think you can do that? You don't have any money. You don't have this. You don't have that. And all those little negative voices start getting at you. And the second part of it is how do you, uh, when you talk to your students, what do you say to them in terms of families talking about uh, when you say, uh, I'm going to get into real estate or I'm going to get into this or I'm going to get into that? And they start telling you, hey, how do you think you're going to do that? Uh, those, are, those are two basic questions I think that, you know, that fear factor a lot of people have to deal with. Uh, how, do you, uh, how do you address those areas? Sure. Um, you, it's normal for your, your, your parents and your family love you. And the last thing I want to do is see you get hurt. Um, and so you know, they only know in a lot of cases that pathway of, of having a job and working for somebody else. And, and, and so they don't want you to take and, and go through the, the fact that you might fail and lose your investment money and, you know, and whatever other consequences that will occur as a result of that failure. Um, all I can tell you is that's normal. And in a lot of cases, what you have to take and look at is not only will your family do that, but your friends will do that as well. It's going to sound horrible, but in a lot of cases, what you have to do is, is find new friends that are supportive. And what you do is you get into organizations like RIA, and you make f friends there who help nurture you and bring you along, knowing that there's nothing better than for you to have your first success. Let's say you wholesale a house and you make, say, $3,000, and you then go back and show that to your parents, and they go, oh, I guess this does work. So, you know... You know, start to look for other people. I mean, you've probably heard at some point in your life you're like the sum of the of the five people you hang around with most. And if they're all people who are trying to, dis to dissuade you from being a real estate investor or starting another type of business, and they don't want you to make more money than they do, then it's time to start looking for for, for some other folks. You know, that that do want you to be successful. Now, the whole deal about coming home from the conference. You know, it, it becomes a matter of is when you get back, you begin the planning process. And you don't wait until three, four, five days later because you're right. Your time will be filled up with other things because we're all creatures of habit. We'll go back to what we've always done. So literally when you come back from some training event, it becomes a matter of, okay, what's the plan to execute this immediately? So if I know that I need money, who am I going to meet with who might be able to have some money um, what bank do I need to go talk to what private lenders might I need to go talk to what friends might I need to contact um, what what am I going to do about getting a realtor who might understand real estate investing so the, the thing is to come back and begin the planning process and begin to execute immediately hopefully that helps you out yeah. I want to add a, a comment on that one because that's such a big issue Robert uh, and, and like Jim said um, getting involved with some organization, wherever you are, whether it's a real estate investor association or an entrepreneurs group or a meetup group about real estate, you need to find uh, a circle uh, that are, are supportive, where right. people are doing this successfully, uh, and where you're going to get, you know, the kind of feedback and support that that is really valuable. 
there's always going to be those people saying, what, are you crazy? You're getting involved in real estate? Haven't you read? You know, the, the real estate market's terrible. You know, and the real estate market, uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective, is incredibly good right now. <laughs> right. People are buying houses at prices from 40 years ago. That's probably some of the lowest real estate prices we're going to see in our lifetime. And what better time, you know, buy low, sell high. This is buying low. So it's a great time to get involved. There are deals out there. Now, financing is harder. There's other things you need to learn. And yet you need to get around people who, who are looking at it that way. Uh, you know, it's the power of a positive mental attitude. You need to, you know, and there's books about that. There's a lot of stuff written about that. Having a Being an entrepreneur successfully requires having a positive mental attitude. If you're looking at everything about, now, you can look at it, what could go wrong and plan for that. But you have to believe you're going to succeed and work and do the right things to make yourself successful. And if and you have to believe it yourself. And if the people around you are dragging you down, then you need to find other people to be around. Uh, I think Jim was right. And sometimes that's hard. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you talked about that, you know, hear these voices. Uh, I used to work with a youth mentoring program and... We talked about AM, FM radio, and on one side is AM, and it's against me. It's saying all these things about why I can't succeed and why I can't do what I want to do and why I won't be successful. And on the FM side is for me. And, and what you got to do is dial down that AM side and dial up the for me side and, and surround yourself with positive people and positive uh, affirmations and, and positive education. And the real estate investor associations that are all across the country are a great place to go. Because I can mm -hmm. tell you, when I got involved, uh, the woman I was actually engaged with at the time thought I was crazy, didn't like real estate, wanted me to go back and get a regular job. And over the years, as I started being successful, you know, it, it, it was very difficult for her to, to see that I was being successful. And it, it was a big, it was a real challenge for us. Uh, we had a lot of other challenges <laughs> but that one i can tell you was a, was a big issue and it it certainly was a it's tough when you're going home and you're not getting support so uh have, you know and that educated the people around you and like jim said you bring a, a check and say hey i sold that first house whether it's a three thousand dollar payoff and my first house was a thirty five thousand dollar i bought fixed up and resold a house in uh in clifton uh the university of cincinnati area cincinnati state area and uh took a little while and I made a $35,000 return. Uh, that was a pretty exciting first deal. And I, I turned some skepticism into some, oh, maybe you can do this. So both inside and externally. Yeah. So that's a great question. Thank you, Robert. You're quite welcome. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Good luck with your real estate. I certainly will. Bye now. Okay, we're coming up on another break, so let me uh, make one final uh, note here. Again, Real Estate Investor Association of Greater Cincinnati. We've got a meeting coming up February 2nd at the Community Action Agency. Go to our website at www.cincinnatirea.com. Uh, there's all sorts of information about our organization uh, and how to join and, and how to get involved. We've got two nights a month of two speakers each time, plus a networking session. Uh, we've got five or six other subgroups that meet at different days and evenings and daytimes for topics, wholesaling, landlording, creative finance, uh, east side group, west side group. Uh, and then we've got our Express Success Program, which is a six-month 
uh, effort in six months to give people the level of education that, that might take two or three years of coming on a Thursday night meetings to get. There's 26 webinars, there's uh, monthly group meetings, there's monthly Q&A conference calls, so a lot of education available. Uh, and let me take a quick break here. We'll be back for a few minutes. Hi, and welcome back once again to Real Life Real Estate Investing. This is Jim Shapiro filling in for Vena Jones-Cox, who is somewhere in the Caribbean teaching real estate to people on a educational cruise. Uh, I'm here today with my guest, Jim Wood from Cincinnati State. Uh, one quick question, Jim. When someone takes a class at Cincinnati State, can, can that qualify for their continued education for their realtor? Sure. It, you know, in, uh, in Ohio, you have to have uh, so many hours of continuing education. Uh, one of the beauties is that we've got some classes at Cincinnati State that actually take and qualify for that. You've got uh, uh, introduction to property management, residential property management, uh, commercial property management um, are all ones that uh, will we'll take and, uh, and qualify for, for financial, excuse me, for, for continuing education, as well as the class that's coming up. Uh, this term in the winter will start uh, February 6th. It's on a Wednesday evening from 6 until 9 p.m. It's called Real Estate Investing. Um, it's the one that I teach, um, and that one qualifies also for uh, uh, continuing education credit. Incidentally, all those courses count for 27 hours of continuing education credit, so you can pretty much wipe out everything you need for the state in one class. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, as a realtor, I need 30 hours of mm -hmm. education every three years. Uh, okay. You've been a speaker. Oh, let me quickly mention once again, uh, if you have questions, we've got a few minutes left, 513-772-9658. I guess we've got five minutes left. Or 877-772-9658 if you're outside the Cincinnati area. Or go to our website at askvena.com and send your question in. I haven't had any come in yet, so I think I'm getting them, but I haven't had any. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hopefully they're not sitting in, in limbo out there in the ether. You've been a speaker. You know, Cincinnati RIA and Ohio Real Estate Investor Association sponsor an annual conference. It's one of the biggest conferences mm -hmm. of its type in the it's country awesome. every year. Uh, four days, 20 or so speakers on all sorts of topics. It's in Cincinnati next next year in November. You've spoken at the two-day Youth Entrepreneurship Academy, or youth program that we sponsor as, as part of that every year. And I've heard you talk to the kids about multiple streams of income. How does that work from an entrepreneurial perspective? Well, in a lot of cases, you know, what will happen is, is uh, you'll have you know, different uh, types of businesses you can take and pick up over time. And there's, you know, there, there are five of them here that I take and primarily look at, uh, real estate being the first one. Um, the second one being other types of small businesses, and I'm a fan more so of buying broken businesses and using your knowledge to try and fix those businesses because you can pick them up so cheap. Uh, the, the next one you, you would potentially look at um, is uh, um, multi-level marketing. Uh, internet businesses, there's a lot of money to be made in the, in the internet um, today. You've got uh, stock market and investing and options trading. In fact, incidentally, my son is teaching an options trading class on Tuesday evenings in the winter term at Cincinnati State, and that'll start on February 5th. 
Um, so if you want to learn how to take and, and trade options, uh, you can take that as well at Cincinnati State on Tuesday evenings. And then you've also got the business of infopreneuring where you can actually take and sell the knowledge that you have um, through books and seminars and pamphlets that you might take and distribute uh, via the Internet. So there's lots of different ways. You can have micro-businesses that generate a lot of cash flow um, in addition to just doing real estate. My favorite right now is, is, is still real estate, but I've got other businesses on the list there that I do as well with my wife. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, multiple streams of income. Uh, that's certainly one of the lessons I've learned. Uh, so that, as one thing has its lulls, the other one's got mm-hmm. something else right. coming in. Uh, you know, and I think that's that's part of being an entrepreneur is starting to think about, okay, finding buying, rehabbing, and reselling houses is a six to eight month process. What do I do in the middle when I'm not having any income coming in for for months? So as I'm mostly writing checks. All right. Uh, been down that road. All right, we've got just a couple minutes left. Let me ask you one final question. Uh, what advice do you have for the beginning real estate entrepreneur or folks that are new in the business as they look to advance as as uh, as, a, as investors and as entrepreneurs? Sure. My, my number one uh, recommendation is, is by all means join RIA. Uh, the educational opportunities that go on there that are incredible – the coaching and the, and the talking with other folks there, your colleagues, can be wonderful. The other thing I want you to do is think about starting small. Um, by all means, do not go boot camp crazy. Um, in a lot of cases, you might go, well, I'm going to go do this four-day boot camp. And while you're there, they're inter- their introductory boot camp, the next thing you know, you've just bought four more boot camps. And so literally you're going on. Um, from boot camp to boot camp before I actually come back and put any of this stuff into into practice. Um, you know, look at taking courses potentially at Cincinnati State. Um, you know, learn one strategy first. Learn wholesaling first. Master that. And then, if you want to, move on to another strategy and master that one. Um, and by all means, don't quit your job right now. Just mm-hmm. take and do this on the side, evenings and weekends. Well, that sounds like good advice. I, I'll share... Uh, there are some speakers that come through town, some pretty big names, mm-hmm, right? You know, attached to names like Donald Trump and mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki, right? And they will sell you on twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar education programs. And people come to RIA a year or two later and say, "My God, I get as much value from RIA for two hundred and sixty-five dollars to join for two people as I got from you know these other programs." And and gee. I spent $40,000 in education, and now I don't have the money to buy a, a property. I wish I had done things differently. I wish I would known about RIA before. So uh, we're about to wrap up here. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Thank Jim for, thank you. for being on the air with me. Uh, thank Vina for turning her show over to me for, <laughs> for, for this week. And I wish everyone great success in your real estate investing and your entrepreneurial activities. See, us, see you next week.